Amen. Anyway, you bless me, Lord. I'll be satisfied. I like that song. That brother Terrell was singing from the country on today. Well, I was down South Carolina for a while there. Anyway, you bless me, Lord. I'll be satisfied. Some folks scared to say that. They scared because they want to be blessed a certain way. But I believe God wants you to want to be blessed anyway and let him decide how to bless you. Because we don't know enough to make decisions like that. But God knows everything. Some things we all know we asked God to give us in the past. But they come to find out. Maybe we should have asked for something else. But if we ask God first, say, any way you bless me, Lord, I'll be satisfied. Then let God do it. Just singing that song, I was just reminded, saying, Lord, just suppose if I died at 59, I'd make it to heaven. But if I died at 69, I'd lose my soul. Maybe something happened between them 10 years that messed me up. And I lost my soul. What I want you to take me, what you want him to take you, at 59. I know everybody want to live long. Everybody want to live till they 90 90. But if God knows best. That there's some stuff coming up you can't take. So I, I, I'm going to take you now. Could you still sing the song any way you bless me Lord. I'll be satisfied. I don't know about you. I'm saying take me Lord. I ain't come here to stay anyway. And I remind myself oftentimes, I'm a pilgrim down here. This ain't my house. Sometimes we read the newspapers and the TV and stuff, and it gets you all messed up because you think you could stay down here. But we, 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 Christians, we are pilgrims in this barren land, in this perverse generation, in this sinful world. We're pilgrims. And if you remember who you are, that we're just passing through on our way to glory, then you won't let the stuff that happens in your life or in this world mess you up. Because you realize I'm a stranger. I'm a foreigner. My, 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 my place is heaven. I'm just a spiritual being in a natural world. Trying to make my way to glory. That'll always make me feel good when I think about it. I turn off my TV and eat me some Kellogg's Sugar Pops. I ain't all messed up. This ain't my world. God already told us it's not your world. We're just strangers passing. How y'all doing this morning? I don't know about you, but I know that I'm blessed. In any way you bless me, Lord. I'll be satisfied. 
truly thank God for the day. They had a great eight o'clock service this morning and Brother Frazier preached a powerful sermon. And and, and, and now we back the next day for Sunday school and, and, and Brother Crump did a powerful lesson. And all the teachers energized the children. They was, they was all downstairs. One of the class, they had so many kids in there. I was trying to come up the steps, but the kids wouldn't stop coming out the room, coming up the steps. I like that. They had a good class. And, and, and so God is doing good things for his children. And we ought to just thank God that things are as well as that. They're not as well as they could be, but they're good enough. That God still deserves our praise right. and he still deserves our worship. Right, Welcome to the East Baltimore Church of Christ. Here we know and believe that the Bible is right, that right. it cannot be wrong. Amen. Just by way of special announcement, uh, Sister Viola Bowens have passed this life um, on, I believe it was Thursday evening. Um, and she will be, uh, she was 91 years old. Is that all right? Kept that hold down for 91 years. And we thank God for her. Her viewing will be Friday 5 to 8 p.m. at Wiley's Funeral Home on Liberty Road. And her wake will be Saturday morning at 10 a.m., 10.30 a.m. for the wake, 11 a.m. for the funeral at the Central Church of Christ. Amen? So please jot that down and put that in your mind. Pray for the family. It's something when you lose a mother. So, so pray for them and, 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 and that God may uh, help them and be, and be with them. Uh, when you lose a mother, uh, sometimes cries go out that you never heard before. Because you realize you lost that, 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 that special person in your life. That, that one person that, 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 that God has designed to be called mother. So pray for that family as they go through the loss of their mother. And it don't matter how old you are when you lose mama either. Some people say she's 91, so the children should be in their 50s and 60s, so they might be all right. No, not when you lose mama. When you lose mama, there's just something that, 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 that happens that causes you to feel the loss greatly. Amen. We know that's, uh, that's a general statement, but for the most part, that is absolutely true that you feel something greatly. Want to also let you know that uh, we had the baby shower on this weekend, had the sisters in there having a good time. The brothers, we was in the back, they were laughing, having such a good time. We had to come out, go see what all the fun was about. They were few in number, but they were mighty in spirit, mighty in, in, in togetherness. I want to thank Brother Davis and Sister Calhoun and that ministry for hosting that. But thank God for that. Amen. Amen. It's a good thing. To be able to celebrate and come together in fellowship. Now, now we, we, we got some, got, got some, we got some gifts. Everybody bought the gifts, but we're still looking for some more gifts. So uh, the, that, that target link is still up for what I, I know. Am I right? So go, 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 click on it and bless the nursery with something. So our children and we will be able to celebrate together, and we will celebrate the birth of the children when they come into this life. Is that all right? Because that is a blessing. That is a powerful thing. So remember to do that. Also, uh, on last Sunday, the ordination was powerful at the Edgewood Church of Christ. So we went up there. Churches came from all over. And we just celebrate uh, the brothers who took the mantle of preaching the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and, and words were said in there that uh, uh, NBBIC had played a big 
effort and many of them, most of them had came through the school and had took courses there. And while, you're while they were taking courses, they were also in there, not just being students, but when you come to NBBIC, you're being discipled as well. So therefore, whenever you want to, men and women, because there's some classes for sisters, the powerful classes for, for, the, for your teaching and for your, your ministry and working with other people. There's some powerful things. Just want to let you know to come on and get your come on and get your teaching and come on and get discipled at the same time. Is that all right? Because I saw them young men. I wouldn't brought this to mind with the young men in the back that was behind those guys. And they were young men, brother, 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 uh, Randy McKinley and brother Bennett and brother Josh Holden, brother Darren Mitchell and brother, uh, all the young guys. I wouldn't say brother Veal, but you was up there too, brother. I thought the young guys that was up there. And they had that, they had that looking at eye like I want to, I, I can do this. Well, come on to NBBIC. Come on to class, come get your education. And thereby you can go out and you can set out and, and, and do God. And you ain't got to go through the whole thing. Let's come and take a, come and, come and get what you're missing. Hermeneutics, apologetics, and, 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 and biblical interpretation and all that stuff. It'll bless you. So come on, get disciple. Uh, and last but not least, we want to let you know, um, oh, and I've got to say this. This world is not my home, that song. That's my new fave. I like that song. I never sung it like that before. Amen, I, I like that song. Okay, I'm going to have to start singing it like that. If I can remember, I, I can sing it some more times. And let me really get into that. Can't be at home in this world anymore. I like that. Amen. Amen. Today, what we've been talking about is the two most powerful relationships that God has ever given to humanity in this life. In fact, it's so powerful until some of Jesus' foes was trying to use it to trap him with it. And they asked him, what are the two greatest commands? Jesus said, number one, love the Lord thy God. With all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy strength, all thy mind, all thy might. That right there, I would call a vertical relationship. Amen. And then he said, and the second is likened unto it. Love thy neighbor. Love the person next to you. Like you love yourself. That's the horizontal relationship. And when he used that word neighbor, he was talking, not talking about your next door neighbor necessarily, even though they are included. But he really talking about anyone that's in your circle can qualify to be your neighbor. Amen. And therefore, love them enough to share the gospel with them. Love them enough to share a kind word with them. Love them enough to make them as important as you are before God. Because if we're not careful, we can have what I would like call righteous pride. And what righteous pride looks like is I got mine, you got yours to get. That's not loving thy neighbor. 
That's not what God had in mind when he made love the greatest command or these two great commands. He had it where we will love God and we will love that person next to us. I like to call that 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 those two powerful relationships. I would like to call them again. One that's vertical is how you doing with your relationship with God. And secondly, how you doing with your relationship with your neighbor? Well, brother, what do you mean? How am I doing? Well, as a neighbor. Our biggest thing, even with one another in the church, is to help each other to stay strong in this walk by discipling each other. I know I've been saying this for a year now, but it's just on my heart for a whole year. That God's will, God's Bible is right when he gave us the great commission. When he said, go ye therefore and teach all nations. And then he said, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And then he said, turn around and teach them again. Turn around and disciple them again. Because no one going to be able to stand against the wild of the enemy all by themselves. Everybody going to need somebody sometime. And it's up to us as family to make sure that we are loving our neighbor as ourselves, that we are molding ourselves in discipleship relationship to help somebody. If we strong, help somebody else get strong. Yeah, right. Kind of like when mama leave us in the house. She go. She need the 16-year-old, the 14-year-old, the 12-year-old, and the 8-year-old in the house. Who is the one she counting on? To do what's right. The 16 year old. Because they should have the seasoning or the maturity to be able to make better decisions than the 14 year old. That ain't always true. I got that. But that's how it should work. And then after 16 year old ain't doing that supposed to do, who's she depending on next? The 14 year old. Why? Because they should have a level of that 14 years old or an understanding of the 14 year old. That ain't always true. But it's still the way it is. Who is she depending on the least? The eight year old. Why? Because the eight year old is still coming about or coming along and trying to get the experience that the 12, the 14 and the 16 year old got. But what happens after 16, 14, and 12-year-olds say, we're going out and to lead an 8-year-old by themselves? That's right. That's right. When mama come back and see that 8-year-old in the house by themselves, the first person she's going after is the 16-year-old. I wonder. When God returns to his family, to his church, to his ecclesia, those who've been called out of darkness, brought into the world, those who have been called out from being messed up to come into a family that's supposed to help you get better. I wonder 
what God is going to say to his family, to all of us. I believe the first person he's going to call up the front is going to be, I think he can call him in a team set, the preacher and the shepherds. He'll say, step forth. He said, how did everything go? And the Bible said, I'm going to show y'all in the Bible. Y'all looking at y'all all quiet and funny and everything. Go to, go to the book of Hebrews. Go over there. I better show you. They look at me funny, Josh. They look at me. 13. And a verse out one is verse number 7. 17. I was 7-2. But 17 too. It says, remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourself. Why? For they watch for your soul. As they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. Y'all hear that? He's saying this is that I, I got some individuals that I'm going to put down there. I'm going to give them gifts. I'm going to give them talents. To preach your word and, and shepherd my people. And their job is to make sure that you grow. Amen. That you develop. To be all you can be. That you might have a vertical relationship. And that you might have a horizontal relationship. But many times. What happened is. We as God's children. We resist. The stuff we don't like. We resist the, the, the strategies that we don't like. We kick back on the stuff that we say, I ain't doing that. Not realizing if you don't do what you're asked to do, the Father, the Word of God just said, it's out of my hands. It's out of his hands. It's out of his hands. It's out of his hands. It's on you. The preachers blew the trumpet. It's up to you to respond to the trumpet sound. The shepherds have took the hook and tried to pull you back from the edge of the cliff. Saying, I need you to come over here because there's some little sheep that need your mama's sheep. Don't, don't fall over the cliff. But mama, sheep, sometimes want to do what they want to do. That's why every shepherd has a shepherd staff with a hook on it. Because the sheep can find themselves sometimes in places he can't really get to. So he take the staff, grab him, grab him, stop pulling, stop pulling at you. And sometimes the sheep will... Fight back. <laughs> and he got like that. 
So sometimes he got to grab it. Then he got to take the stick, turn it, turn it around, go pat, then turn it back around and grab him. Just to pull that sheep to safety. Why? Because he knows that he got to do his best to get him to safety because he got to give an account for this sheep. It ain't his sheep. It's his sheep. And he got to give an account for his sheep. So he grabs me, pulls that sheep back. And hopefully that sheep, when that sheep finally come out, that sheep look at them. And then he go back and get him where he needs to be. But his life is saved. When it comes down to the horizontal church, we have to become a church that will disciple one another. That is not an option. That is not my suggestion. That is not my opinion. It is what the Lord said we have to do. I am the first to realize that some strategies uh, that we put out there that don't work, we may have to go back to the drawing board. And we okay with that. We'll go back and, tell, and, 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 and work on it and, and Brother Veal and myself until we get it right. Because we know that we got to get it done. No one should have anybody sitting next to them that is suffering and hurting and nobody is caring about them and we don't even know about it. That's that horizontal relationship. But then there is that vertical relationship. And that vertical relationship is your prayer life with God. That's that vertical relationship. God is a God who wants to talk. To his children. And he wants his children to talk back to him. And the beautiful thing about God is God don't care whether it's a short conversation or a long conversation. All he cares about is that there is a conversation. So the Bible says here in Luke chapter 11, and let's just pick it up at Verse number one. But before we get to verse number one, I want to let you know that when we do begin to talk with God, understand that God is in charge. And God won't always come right away. He always going to hear you right away. Oh, that's good news right there. He will hear you right away, but he's going to choose when he's going to respond because God knows that you want to be blessed anyway. Y'all ain't got it. Anyway, you bless me, Lord. I'll be satisfied. He, know, he, he wanted to be that you're not, James said, you're not praying amiss. You're not praying selfishly, but you're praying spiritually. And therefore, because you are praying spiritually, he knows when, where, and how to intercede in your issue when it's going to benefit you and I the most. Sometimes we want him right away, but it's not time yet. If he comes too soon, he won't get the, you won't get the full benefit of the blessing. 
You know what I like about prayers? Sometimes I like to call them crock pot um, 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 persistent prayers that pay off. Crock pot. Anybody have anything up to crock pot? Sisters, y'all love that crock pot. Oh, that crock, but they made that pot, crock, a crock pot. Some of y'all got two of them. I ain't understand them. I, 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 had to, I had to look it up. I got it now. I got it now. You can get up in the morning before work. Brother Johnson, you're a cook. I know you know it. You take whatever that piece of meat or, or whatever, whatever, and you just throw that bad boy in that crock pot. Crockpots aren't meant to be fast. They're not designed to be fast. You want fast, you want a microwave. But I take a crockpot dish over a microwave dish any day of the week. I take a crockpot dish that's in that crockpot. It's just simmering. The juice is just popping up and going back down. Popping up and going back down. The stuff is moving a little bit on the inside of the pot. The, in fact, the, the meat, the meat is the meat and the bone are, are having a fight in there. They, the meat and the bone are disconnecting in that crock pot. The meat falling off the bone. The bone can't even hold it no more because the simmering and the juices and, and all the stuff is just mixing together and blending together. Then by the time mama get home. You walk in that door, all you smell is a something good is cooking in the kitchen. And you don't and with a crock pot, you can't be playing with it. You just gotta get it set and leave it alone. Some of our prayers are like crock pots. Go ahead and get on your knees and talk to the Father, whether it's your, uh, your private prayer or whether it's your public group prayer. But you talk to the Father, and when you get finished talking to the Father, just know you just set your crock pot. Leave it alone. Let the stuff start happening. Let the stuff start forming. Let the situation start working out. Let the circumstances start working out or positioning itself where it works together for your good. Like a crock pot. You can't rush a crock pot and you can't rush God. But the older folk used to tell me he may not come when you want him. But he always on time. I'm talking about a crock pot prayer. I'm almost done. The disciples, the disciples have been following Jesus for a little season now. And the Bible says that as he moved forward in his ministry, there was one time in verse number one where it says, and it came to pass. He, the, above that, he had, he, had, he had recently been working with Mary and Martha. But at this time, he said, 
And it came to pass means further down the road that he that as he was praying in a certain place, it says, when he ceased, one of the disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. Hold it. Obviously, they had been watching their teacher. And they noticed that sometimes he slip away. Sometimes he go off by himself. He go off to himself to pray. And let me tell you all this. And they knew that he went off to himself to pray. That is because all the religions of that day had prayer incorporated in their religion. So prayer wasn't a new thing. Everybody did it. But Jesus, in the way he did it, was noteworthy. Because it wouldn't be nothing for Jesus to go and pray all night long. It would be nothing for Jesus to climb a mountain and pray. It would be nothing for Jesus to go out on a boat and pray. It would be nothing for Jesus to stand where he at and pray. It would be, no, be nothing. They say he went to a certain place. He went to a place. See, sometimes when you pray, you can't pray where you're right at at the moment. Sometimes you need to intentionally say, I got to get out of the public. And I got to go get into my secret, a secret place, that closet, so I can have a good conversation. Because some folk, if they heard what you were saying, you mess them up. Why would you mess them up? Because sometimes when you're praying to God, you got to get deep. You got to say, God, I'm scared right now. And some folk expect you to be like a, a soldier all the time, so they can't handle it when you say, I'm scared. You scared. What's going on? Ooh, I ain't never known you to be scared. What you scared of? They can't handle it. This is between me and my Savior. When you pray, being able to say, Father, see, some folk can't handle you saying, Lord, I am, I am, I am, I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand your will. I don't understand your way. I just need you to open my eyes so I can see. I just need a blessing. Help me to see the unseeable. Oh, 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 what? They can't handle it. And the reason they can't handle it is prayer relationship with God is desired, designed to help you and I to up unload anything we need to unload. It is when you can, that you can talk to God and say some stuff to God you can't even say to your spouse. You can't even say around your children. Why is that? Because this is intimacy. This is closeness. This is Lord I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know what you're doing. I just need you to help me. I just need you to be with me. Lord, I don't feel you right now. I don't feel your, your presence right now. I need, to, I need to talk to you enough where I can know in my heart, in my mind, that you are right there. I said, I need you, Father. I need you, Jesus. Holy Ghost, I need you. Prayer. So Jesus, we don't know where he went. The text says that, but he went to a certain place. Then it said, when he got finished, 
One of his disciples said unto him, we need to be doing that. We, we need that. He said, Lord, teach us to pray. He said, as John, as John the Baptist, also taught his disciples to pray. I mean, Lord, we ready. We ready to learn how to pray. We want the vertical. We want your favor. So watch this now. Jesus, as the teacher, would oftentimes disconnect and reconnect. And what happened is, is that we live in a society today. The reason he had to get away, because everybody can't handle his prayer. Sometimes you got to get away because this world don't like prayer no more. <laughs> this world, and especially prayer in Jesus' name. Oh, they can't handle it. For instance, you, in fact, in this world, back in the old days, you used to say, I pray for you. They say, thank you, thank you. Now, today, you got to be cautious when you say, I'll, I'll pray for you. Pray for me for what? I don't need you to pray for me. Or even when you say, I'm going to, I'll keep you in my thoughts and prayer. I don't keep me in your thoughts. And in fact, in fact, in fact, there was a, a, a woman in Congress who said she ought to write a bill that says that is offensive. Lord have mercy. That, that's this world. You know why they can't, you know, because you know what's going on? It's not that person. It's Satan. And Satan know that our power is found in our prayers. Y'all don't hear me. <laughs> Let me say it again. Because sometimes we go around, we eat every day. We think that prayer over there, that, that Lord bless the food. We, we think that's a prayer life. That ain't no prayer life. A prayer life is an intentional time that you get together with your God. And you pray. Watch this now. Watch this. Watch this. Because I got to show you the text. Teach us to pray as John told his disciples to pray. You know what the Bible said? And he said unto them. Now, if you got a pen, you might want to write, write this down. Because I'm about to supercharge your prayer. First of all, Jesus said, when you pray, pray our Father which is in heaven. So the first thing you want to do when you're about to pray is get your mind off down here. And put your mind on your father, which is in heaven. Don't be saying father until you are in a place where you can be a cognitive, cognitively aware of what you're saying. To our father, which art in heaven. That separates them from any other father. Our Father, which art in heaven. And then he say, hallowed be thy name. I mean, your name is separated. Your name is different. And sometimes to, to let him know his name is different, it's all right to use other words to describe his name. You're Jehovah Jireh. You're the provider. You're Jehovah Nisi. That means you reign, you're the king. Say, say it, say it. Say, you're Jehovah Shalom. That means you're my peace. 
Then you use that. Why? Because God is hearing you. He's hearing you hollow or separate his name. Next thing he said here, you say, thy kingdom come. Let him know that you know that you in the kingdom. Let him know you know that the kingdom is here. Let him know that you know that everyone that is, is, has obeyed the gospel is in the kingdom. Somebody said, well, why is that important? It's because there's no salvation Amen. in any other place yeah. but the kingdom. Amen. So to hollow his kingdom is to hollow his sanctified place, which is to hollow his body, which is to hollow his church, which is to hollow his bride. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Thy kingdom come. And then he says, and y'all may not like this part, thy will, thy will be that I ain't afraid of the government, I ain't afraid of the, the streets, I ain't afraid of the, 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 the wars, I ain't afraid of the diseases, I ain't afraid of the pestilence. You will be, you know what you're doing. Sometimes we're scared of that. Sometimes we look at this life and see how bad we go. And remember, God told us it was going to get like this. Don't, don't, don't be shocked like what's going on. What's going on is Jesus is coming soon. So you and you pray to him, you tell him, Lord, let your, whatever your will is. Somebody said, wait a minute, Brother Theo, but can I, can I pray for my family? Yes. Go ahead, pray for him. You can call that name out. But at the end, it better be, let thy will be done. Amen. Amen. Oh, y'all don't hear me. There are some children that the only way they're going to get where they need to be is you got to let them go and let God. That's the only way. Some children are just stubborn. They don't care. I'm doing it my way. I don't care what's going on or who you are. I'm doing it my way. And you got to be able to say, you got to be able to let go and let God. You got to be able to pray and say, Lord, help them. But let your will be done. So my, why, Brother Bethia? Because some children need to be in a, a full Nelson. God's full Nelson. Some of them need to, some of them need to have some spiritual kung fu done on them. Some of them need to just get a beat down. No, y'all don't hear me. Some folks, listen. I like when the Bible says. He said that fool is bound up in a youth, a child. But the rod of correction 
will drive it far from them. That's in the book. That's it. We don't want our parents and, and teachers to give them the beat down like they used to. I got my best grades after the teacher gave me a beat down when I was coming up. She said, come over here. Lean on the desk. She went and got this thing about this thick. All the other children watching like. Even my friend who was with me, when I said he was with me, he said, no, 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 no. Didn't I tell you to take your head off that desk and read that book? Yes. Didn't I tell you to take, you don't hear me. Boom! Mmm! Mmm! Mm. She put that thing back, but that thing got the both cheeks. And guess what? I ain't dead. Ain't not, ain't not, ain't, ain't nothing broken. No, no lifetime scars. All I'm saying is, I know we live in a crazy world. I understand that we got that we are we a mess right now. But I'm just saying that was good stuff because God said it was good stuff. Amen. Foolishness was all in me. Amen. But one pop of the magic pad drove it right. I was good all the rest of that that year. Even we went, even got to bring this part too. I'm trying to say, thy will be done. Because even when we got home with the parents, I tell mama, the teacher popped me. And she said, for what? I said, because I was sleeping in class. She going to get her stuff. I'm thinking she going get to a, get a note or something. She come back there, come down there with this black belt. What you doing sleeping in class? I'm like, whoa. The teacher already got me. She said she got you for her. That wasn't mine. Y'all don't hear me. All I'm saying is the Bible, you ain't got to like it. You ain't got to preach. That's all on you. But God just telling you how he watched stuff. Let's go watch this. Then the text says here, thy kingdom come, it said, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Meaning God, had, let God have complete rule, both in heaven as he rules and in earth as he rules. And he rules everything. Then it says here, uh, uh, watch the next one, it says here, give us day by day our daily bread. Meaning, ask God to continue to be your provider. Your provider for, for everything. I know they said daily bread for everything. Lord, provide for me. Whatever I need, Lord, I, I trust you're going to provide for me. And sometimes, tell them everything you need provided for. You ain't got to be general. Uh, be specific. Amen. Then it says, and forgive us our sins. Ask God to forgive you. 
for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. So forgive us like we forgive everybody else. And that's a scary thing because sometimes we don't forgive folk the way we are to. And I'm telling you, you don't want God to forgive you if you ain't forgiving folk right. You don't want God to forgive you like you forgiving somebody else. So forgive people. When you say it's over, you say it's over. And then and you can't do it. Tell God, ask God, say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Forgive us. And then I will forgive others who trespass against me. I'll forgive others who's indebted to me. Forgive me, Lord. And the same way you're indebted to God to the same degree, forgive other folk. And I don't know about you. I am totally indebted to my God. Then it says here, and lead us not into temptation. That's a big one. That's a big one. Stuff happens and you ready to go off. And you got to ask God, Lord, keep me from temptation. Whether you take me from the situation, whether you take me for the, maybe I need to be, maybe I need to move uh, 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 emotionally, and sometimes I need to leave physically. Amen? Because sometimes temptation can be so strong, if you stay in the midst of it, you're going to mess up. There's nothing wrong with telling somebody, I can't talk right now. There's nothing wrong with telling somebody, you're on the phone with somebody and it's going the wrong way. Just say, I got to go. They say, oh, what, you scared now? I just got to go. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Why? Because you, you prayed and asked God to keep you from temptation. He put it on your mind for you to disconnect from that situation. Disconnect. Don't let your emotions get so wound up that you find yourself not being able to disconnect. Lord, have mercy. Then he says here, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the wicked one. Deliver us from sin. And you got to ask God to keep you clean and to keep you holy. But let me say this to you. Sometime when you're breaking the prayer down like that, as you can see, it's going to take some time. If you really want, and, and the more, the more, the more conversation you give God, the more God is going to bless you. Amen. Let me say this. Let me say this. I'm not talking about the length. Amen. I'm talking about the quality. Amen. Brother, are you sure about that? Well, the night, that Thursday night before they came to get Jesus. Jesus had to get by himself. Why? Because he know it's coming and he got to get his mind right for it. So he goes all to himself. And y'all know the story. He's praying and he's in powerful prayer. The Bible even describes it, the, 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 the sweat coming down like drops of blood. I mean, he's sure enough talking. He is in deep conversation with his father. He gets up and goes back to the camp. When we get back to the camp, the guys are asleep. Because they don't know what's about to happen. But obviously, what's about to happen is going to be so intense, he got to go back and do it again. And he 
go back there and he's talking to the father. Keep me, father. Help me. Help me to be strong. Help me to help me to be patient. Help me to help me to love you. Help me to still glorify you. Help me not just take the hatred away because they, they don't mean it, Lord. It's just the devil. I mean, he's in deep prayer. He's trying to get ready. He goes back and, and they sleep. It must be, this must be a big thing because he goes back again. Church, all I'm telling you and all I'm asking you is, why is he doing this? Because when you got a relationship with God, in the midst of your tough time, you got a God that knows what you're going through and is waiting to help you. But you got to make yourself available to get the help and available to get your prayer life right. Right now we have a, a sweet hour prayer on Tuesdays at 645. If you want to get your prayer life right, you want to learn how to pray, come today. Come to sweet hour prayer. Come, come. Say, I want to know how to I want to and I say, I want to know how to pray. And in there, there's some prayer warriors in there that can help you to pray. I know you got public prayer, but you got group prayer as well. Don't you know that Matthew 21, God said that this is a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves? He said, my house shall be called the house of prayer. The church is a house of prayer. Wherever the Christians meet should be a house of prayer. Because that is your vertical. Even right now, with all this technology you got, if you can't get here, get on a prayer group. With somebody, the singers, they keep a prayer group going. Get on a prayer group. All I'm saying is that vertical. You want to keep that, that's your power. That's your power, but don't forget your discipleship. Your discipleship also is your power. Wait a minute, Brother Bethy, all I'm worrying about is my vertical. Well, let me tell you, get ain't what God worrying about. Amen. God said, how can you come to me like this and you've never seen me but can't get along with the person that you see every day? How can you ask me for help? In a deep way, but won't even turn your face to help the person who you worship with every Sunday. God, he, God don't like, he don't like that. He said, first go help somebody else. Amen. Then come back to me. First bring your altar. Take, take your, first take your altar. Uh, 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 take, go help somebody else. Then bring your altar to the gift. Or your gift to the altar. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Amen, Back there laughing at me. Amen, church. So I'll conclude it with this. So Jesus, to prove that this is a crockpot prayer, he said, let me teach you about it. Verse 5. And he said unto him, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at Midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. Because back
it was customary for people to travel in the daytime and stop past your house at night. That was just like a custom. But this story here is midnight. And this man, this guy, sometimes stuff happens and you ain't prepared for it. Amen? Amen. Sometimes life happens and you're not prepared for it. This man was not prepared for a visitor. So when the visitor come, what the text say he did here? Brother Phil, what does it say? Verse 6. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. So he goes to the guy next door and says, man, I need some bread. Some guys just stopped past a friend of mine, and I ain't got nothing for him. This guy is in the bed with his family saying, why are you knocking on my door? Why are you knocking on my door? What did it say, Brother Bill? And he from within shall answer and say, uh -huh. Trouble me not. Uh -huh. The door is now shut, uh -huh. and my children are with me in bed. Uh -huh. I cannot rise and give thee. Right? Why, why are you knocking on my door? Yeah. Why are you not? What did it say next? Watch this. I say unto you, uh -huh. though he will not rise and give him, uh -huh. because he is his friend, uh -huh. yet because of his importunity. Hold it! Jesus now said, let me tell you what I mean by that. Though this man is not in a place where he feel like he want to do anything right now. He in bed with his children. He's saying here, but because this guy is persistent, this guy just keep knocking on the door, knocking on the door, knocking on. Y'all ever have anybody just keep knocking on your door? What you do? At first, you turn, you turn this way. Then you're like, you better stop knocking on my door. You better stop knocking on my door. Finally, you know what you do? They better stop knocking on my door. Why? Why did you get up? You got up, not because you wanted to get up, but you got up to deal with this situation. That's why sometimes with our Heavenly Father, you might need more than one prayer. Jesus did. You may need more than two prayers. Finish what it said, Brother Bill. Watch this. He will rise and give him uh -huh. as many as he needed. Uh -huh. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Uh -huh. Seek, and ye shall find. Uh -huh. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. There it is. Ask, seek, and knock. The Bible lets us know. That ask God. You don't know what God's going to do. Talk to him. Ask him. Lord, will you? That's okay. But at the end, let his will be done. But there's nothing wrong with asking. And Jesus said, if you ask right, I delight in helping you. Heavenly Father delights in helping us. But ask right. Then he says here, uh, seek. And seek means that that's connected with the act. Not only ask, but then go do your work. Do your part. Seek. And then after that, it says knock. And, and, and when anybody, how many of you go to somebody's house and knock one time like this? How many of y'all go to somebody's house? Somebody you really want that's in that house. How many of you going? You don't go like that. You go and you, and you knock like you want them. Bam, 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 bam. Bam, 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 bam. I had a bill collector come to the house a long time ago. He, he knocked one time, boom. It was like, bam, 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 bam. Bam, 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 bam. 
Bam, 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 bam. Bam, 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 bam. And when you don't come to the door, they don't go away. You know what they They look through the window. And don't let them, and don't let them see you a little bit. It's like. Bam, 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 That means I know you in there. What are you saying? He, that person wants you. Don't you know the Bible says God is a good father? He wants to bless you, but it's him who say it, but you got to be persistent sometimes. Yeah. I'll close it out right here. Verse 11, brother, what Brother Keelan read. Verse 11. If a son shall ask bread of any of you, will uh, any of you that is a father, will you give him a stone? No. What does that mean? If you ask God for a bread, he's not going to give you nothing to hurt you. And it says here, or if you ask for a fish, will he for a fish give you a serpent? No, no, the, the father's a good father. Earthly father's a good father too. And if ye shall ask an egg, will he offer you a scorpion? No, no. Verse 13. Go ahead, Brother Bill. If ye then, mm -hmm. being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. Hold it. I'm done here. If you, human being, in flesh and blood, with all of our hang-ups, all of our, our, our letdowns, all of our, all of our mess, all of our struggles, all of our crazy negative thinking, 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 with all this stuff we got going on, even we, when it comes down to helping our babies, want to do good by them. And then God says, so if y'all being evil, if you know how to do what's right, how much more will your father, which is in heaven, give good gifts to those that ask him? Amen. Amen. I'm tired. Can't do no more. But I want you to know that discipleship through prayer is the answer. We got to get the discipleship ministry going. It is God's will. It's not an option. We have to do it. Those of you who want to disciple somebody, we did it wrong. We just sent them to you. From now on, me and Brother Veal, we're going to meet with them, then bring you in and team you up. So everybody know what's going on. We might think of another strategy. Whatever strategy, we're going to get this thing going that glorify God. We want to do that. Because I believe that it is the will of God for us to be always helping one another. Amen. Amen. If you're out there and you're subject to the Savior's invitation, what God wants you to do is hear his word. The Bible said faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Then God wants you to believe his word. The Bible lets us know that without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a reward of those that diligently seek him. Not only that, God wants us to repent. Repent simply means to change. Have a change of heart, mind. Have a change of Lord, I've been hurting you. I've been doing you wrong. I have not been obeying you. I'm sorry. I repent, and I turn around, and I'm going to do what's right. The Bible said in Luke 13 and 3, except you repent, you shall, likewise, you shall all likewise perish. The Bible tells us that. The Bible tells us in, 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 in Acts 17 and 31. At the times of this ignorant, God winked at it, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Right. 
That is God's call for men to change. Then after that, confess the sweetest name of mortal tongue. Just confess that you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And remember, I ain't talking about a verbal confession. I'm talking about a lifestyle confession. I'm talking about saying it and doing it. That's what God is talking about. He said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my father, which is in heaven. But if you deny me before men, then on that day, I'm going to deny you before my father, which is in heaven. You shame of me, I'm going to be ashamed of you. And then after that, he says to be baptized. The Bible says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. I don't care what a man might say other than that. The Bible says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. I'd rather stand before my God with some script rather than some lip. Let's stand, let's stand, let's stand. All you need to come here right now. God loves you and God cares about you. And he wants you to come to him because he's a good father. And he wants to give you good things because he loved you and he cared about you. But, don't, but, but our God also knows that you have to be transformed. That means he got to cut some stuff off you. He got he to he break some of that stuff that's hurting you off of you. That's a good thing. That's a good thing when a doctor do surgery and get that thing that's hurting you off of you so you can heal up and do what's right. That's what God want to do spiritually. He want to get that thing that you brought in from the world. He want to get that thing that's hurting you off of you that you might go on to be what he would have you to be. God is a good God. Mm -hmm. Today at 2.30, we're going to have our discipleship class and, and the chapel and Brother Veal going to have his discipleship class and our uh, fellowship overflow room here. And if you want discipleship and you want to learn about it, come to that class. It's only, only a 2.30 to 3.30. Come and be blessed by it. Come and grow by it. Come and let it minister to you because discipleship is the will of God. If you're out there and you're subject to the Savior's invitation, you need to come right now. Heaven is ready. God is ready. Are you ready to obey the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ? Won't you come if you sing one more stanza? One more stanza. Will you come? With all discipleship through prayer. God bless you.